G'day. How's it going? I want to slow things down a little bit today because what we're going to discuss is probably one of the most important podcasts I'll do all year, I think. Keen to hear what you think. Please let me know. Uh, everybody that's been tuning in recently, we really appreciate it. Don't forget you can connect with us on the socials. All the links are below the video or the audio that you're listening to now. The conversation I want to have today is around being kind to yourself. It may sound like a weird thing to talk about, but I mentioned it in a classroom earlier this week. A bunch of students were talking about things and, and I talked about how it's good to be kind to yourself. And it was really interesting because these kids, all kind of millennials or, you know, they're all teenagers, don't know what they call them now, don't care. <laughs> I, I said, it's, you've got to be kind to yourself. And they, they got all outraged. Oh, that's just being selfish. You, you can't do that. And I looked at them and I'm, I'm like, well, obviously there's a generational kind of gap here between, um, you know, taking a little bit of time for yourself when I was a kid was not seen as a bad thing if you were doing it for the right reasons. And the expression, it's okay to be selfish once in a while, came into effect because everybody was thinking about others all of the time. What I want to do is I want to talk about being kind to yourself, why it's important, and how you go about doing it. That's on STP today. Let's uh, kick off, see what happens. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. STP is the story of my journey from the depths of mental illness to a place where I could live again. G'day, g'day and welcome to Shattered the Podcast. Today we are talking being kind to yourself and I bring this up in response to something that happened earlier this week. In fact, it was two things. Uh, I've spoken or been in schools about six, seven or eight over the last couple of weeks, had lots of interesting discussions around mental illness. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, we had one student who got outraged when I said that you need to be kind to yourself. They took it as you need to be selfish. Um, and uh, that's really bad. You can't, you, can't, you can't take time for yourself even when you need it. It was this weird thing because in my day, we had to fight for the right to be a little bit selfish. We had to tell ourselves it's okay to be selfish sometimes because our whole existence was geared around the people that we interacted with, our politeness, our courtesy, our, our respectfulness. So taking a bit of time for yourself was never seen as a bad thing if it was done for the right reasons. I mean, if you're a selfish person, then, you know, do whatever you want. But for the vast majority of us who consider ourselves to be moderately good people, uh, taking time for yourself is not a bad thing. Now, the second thing that I said was uh, to another kid who really couldn't understand being kind to yourself. And they spoke to me after the class. They were like, I, I don't understand what you mean by being kind to yourself. And I said, well, it's just taking a moment for you. It's about allowing yourself to make mistakes 
and not beat yourself up because of them. It's about allowing the same respect and courtesy and forgiveness that you would give to somebody else to give it to yourself. Now, I'm a dad. I've had PTSD since my oldest daughter was about two. I have done some horrible things in front of my daughter. Uh, Thankfully, I've never harmed her, her mother, any of their siblings. Um, My wife, I asked her why she was never afraid of me, even though I'd go into these rages. And she said, well, the thing is, I knew that the only person you wanted to hurt was yourself. And if I had jumped in and escalated it, it would have spurred you into hurting yourself because I would have turned every argument that we were having, whether it was legitimate or not, I would turn it on myself and I would all of a sudden realize that I'm showing anger in front of my family. And that was another step in my suicidal ideation. My wife taught me so much about the power of not getting into a confrontation because I grew up in an Irish Catholic family. We fought about everything, anything and everything, screaming, shouting, you know, with my brothers throwing punches, uh, just the way that we did things. In my wife's family, it's different. It's not better. It's different. They don't confront stuff and that's okay. That works for them. It's it's so weird coming from an argument family to a family that doesn't argue because it, it's like people sit on uh, uh, insults for years without saying anything until they get to the point where they can be in the same room and they can kind of forget about it. So that's that's really weird to me. I'm like, if there's an issue, let's discuss it and let's get over it. Now, I'm not right. I don't think I'm wrong. But neither is somebody that doesn't do it that way. The thing of it is, though, in my family, the the fighting, the screaming always ended up in hugs, cuddles, and forgiveness. The old, don't go to bed angry. That was a big part of our thing. No matter how mad you got, you fixed it as soon as you could. Sometimes we went to sleep angry. But we didn't let it go the next day. We would go to great lengths to say, okay, this one got out of control. Why do I bring this up? Because when I displayed anger in front of my family, it was my, my, my kids and my wife. It's something that they aren't used to, prepared for. And I would see the look in their faces and I would be devastated. Now, the thing is, even a few weeks ago, my oldest daughter and I, I, we purposefully got into an argument. I pushed a situation um, just to see what would happen because we've we've tried. She gets upset. She walks away. She comes back a day later and maybe it gets fixed. I thought, no, I'm going to go old school. So I forced the argument and you know, she gave it to me both barrels. And she said something really interesting. She said, don't you know how many times you've hurt me? Oh man, as a father, wow, there's nothing that can kick you in the guts harder. And the thing is, I'm at a point where I was able to say, sweetheart, I know that I've hurt you. I know 
that in my anger, I've said things that have been truly horrible to you. And I am sorry. Now, again, saying it to my daughter is one thing. Why I can say it in truth is I've learned to be kind to myself. I have made mistakes, big mistakes. <laughs> my entire complex PTSD is a mistake. I was in an industry that I should have got out of. I should have taken a promotion years before I did. And I didn't. I pushed through and suffered more attacks and more assaults. And in the end, it fried my brain. <laughs> and I was left with complex PTSD. I hated myself for that. I hated myself for not knowing that I should have walked away from that field of work. For 10 years, easily, easily 10 years. It's only been in the last couple of years that I've been able to look at that stuff and go, you know what, man? You may have done some dumb things, but you know what? It's okay. It's all right. Oh, but that, I'm pathetic. I'm hope, Dude, you made a mistake. And it's weird having this conversation with yourself. It's weird having this thing of the thoughts pop into your mind and they assail you at two in the morning. Remember when you did this? You can't combat it, especially when you've got suicidal ideation. It just feeds the flames. But when you learn to be kind, to go, okay, yes, a horrible thing happened. It was terrible. Now, it wasn't illegal and it wasn't nobody got hurt. Okay. Just want to clarify there. And I did things that I'm not proud of, things that I said. In anger, in fear, in frustration. And I've just, I've had to look at those things and go, Mark, you know what? It's okay. It's all right. Seems, I was going to say the C word, crazy. <laughs> but I'm learning to moderate my own language. Uh, uh, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird the whole language thing so it, it is it's bizarre that that it's a it's a weird situation when you're forgiving yourself for something there's a couple of other little keys that i've learned that i want to share with you today um one is about comparing yourself to other people uh comparing yourself to yourself i when i was first injured would often say i want to be who i was where did that person go I want to be him again. And I would compare what I would do before I had a mental illness with what I'm doing now. I'm not as attentive as I was. I'm not as uh, demonstratively caring. I'm not able to concentrate as well as I used to be able to. I used to be able to do anything, anywhere, any crowd, any situation didn't phase me. Now I have a time limit. Then there's comparing yourself to other people. And I've talked about this before. My two brothers, my two younger brothers, both have PTSD. My second oldest brother, my next in line brother, he got PTSD from service in Afghanistan. His PTSD, you don't even need to go into specifics. 
He was a serviceman in Afghanistan. He's got PTSD. I get it. My younger brother was assaulted in a uh, car park, violently assaulted. And he had some PTSD symptoms. They were relatively, relatively mild. I mean, they're extremely severe to him, of course. And when he first told me about this, for about three seconds, probably among the top 10 most shameful moments in my life, for about three seconds, I said, in my head, not to him, I said, how the hell do you compare your situation to mine? I've been living in hell. You've been there for a week and now you're better. Okay, now, seriously, this was in my head and this, I'm, I'm ashamed of it. I truly am. But I'm so glad, and here's where I kindness comes in. You know what? That was a legitimate response. It was a wrong response. And you know what? I didn't say it out loud. And I've actually told him this story later on. So he knows that for a split second I thought this. If I compare myself to the brother that was attacked in the street, and then compare myself to my brother who's a veteran. Of course, I've got PTSD over my assault brother, but how can I possibly have PTSD next to my soldier brother? Now, the thing is, my brother said something to me fairly recently. He just said that he wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for me. And this is from the guy that's my hero. This is from a guy that was able to serve his country in a way that I was never able to. I would have lasted four seconds in the military. He did what I considered to be one of the bravest things that you can do, is put your life on the line for other people. Say what you want about the politics of the war. For him, the war was the guy next to him. That's who he was fighting for. But if I look at my situation, I know that what I went through was terrible. I know that the situation that that gave me my complex PTSD was horrible. And it's something that my veteran brother wouldn't understand because he didn't go through it with me. I've said it before. He compares himself to the digger that didn't come home. Every time he goes to the war memorial, he goes to see the name of the digger that died while he was listening on the radio he goes whenever he goes to victoria goes to the guy's grave didn't know him that well before the guy was was killed but he just has this connection with him and he thinks how can i have a mental illness i've come back i'm the lucky one don't compare your pain is your pain It is real. And yeah, your story might not be as quote unquote sexy as somebody else's is. I mean, my wife was talking to a person that she knew and he said, oh yeah, I've got PTSD. And she said, oh, okay. Did you want to talk about it? He goes, yeah, no, I I was standing, uh, I was at a, a driving lesson 
for a motorbike lesson and the bike fell over. And she said, um, were you moving? And he said, nah, nah, wasn't moving, just it fell over. And she told me this story and immediately both of us went, ah, okay, everybody's getting PTSD. But the fact of the matter is, is I don't know what was going on in that guy's head. I don't know the horror of that situation. Then there were factors there that I could possibly never understand. So I don't compare. And when I don't compare myself to others, I don't compare others to me. So when I meet somebody like that and they tell me a story like that, I can have compassion for them because I have compassion for myself. Don't strive for what you can't achieve kind of ties in with my next one. When I got hurt, I tried to do the things that I did before I was hurt exactly the same as I did them before. Failed every time. Tried to interact with my kids the way I would have done before. Failed every time. Tried to interact with my wife the way I did before. Failed every single time. When you have a mental illness it can be hard to put your energy into anything i had to learn what i couldn't do i had to learn when to say no as a big one a lot of people say it's just no it's just no It's Christmas morning. Your kids have all opened the presents. You're about to jump in the car to drive across to the grandparents' place and your hands start shaking. There's a crowd of people at grandma's house and and you're going to have to sit in the middle of them and talk and uh, have small talk. Now, these are people that love you and care for you. They don't see any problem with spending time with you don't care if you sit in the corner quietly but what if it's too much could you turn to your partner your whoever and say i can't do this i have to say no there's events that go on i would love to attend there's no way i can know at times i had to learn to say no. Think about last situation that you got into where you felt like you were over your head. Was it a situation that you wanted to be in? Is it a situation that you had a choice that you could have done something else? Even though that choice might have led to consequences, did you have a choice? Yes, I miss a lot of stuff at events particularly if I can't make it to a family event. I want to be there. I want people to open the presents that I got them in front of me because I'm a champion gift giver. I love giving presents. I know I'm going to miss out on that, but I also understand that the consequences for my mental health if I try and push through that situation can be catastrophic. The last thing I want to say, and this is, We've gone too long today, but the last thing I want to talk about is being mindful. In fact, we're going to talk about this next week. Being mindful is not 
a spiritual thing. It's not a Zen thing. It's not a Chi thing. It's not a prayer thing. It's not a God thing. It's not an Allah thing. It's about understanding exactly where you are right now. My anxiety props up whenever I feel like I'm unsafe. Now, it sounds like an easy sentence to say, but it took me years to learn that that's what I felt when I was being anxious. My anxiety is when I don't feel safe. And it can be legitimate or it can be completely imagined, but I don't feel safe. So mindfulness for me, saying I'm here and I am safe. Then I breathe. This act is a simple act of me being kind to myself. Yes, I thought it was selfish. Yes, I thought that it was even pathetic at times. But it's an act of kindness that I grant to myself to say, you know what? Maybe you can't reach what you're trying to reach to, but you've done your best. And that's okay. Be kind to yourself. Find a way to be kind to yourself. If the thoughts come at you at nighttime, if you have nightmares at night, when you're thinking about it the next day, don't hammer yourself for it. Nightmares aren't under your control. Negative thoughts aren't under your control. But your reaction to them is. If you can learn to be kind, you know, Would you forgive somebody else for the same thing? Somebody in their anger calls you a name that you don't like, but they're your best friend and they're sorry. Of course you're going to forgive them. Why would you not do that for yourself? Hey, have a great week. Be kind to yourself, please. (laughs) And I will talk to you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for joining us on Shattered the Podcast. I'm Mark. Special thanks to my producer, Meredith Brosnan, and also to Torian, Kevin, and Lorraine. And we can't forget the amazing band Adelaide who let us use their song as our theme. For more information, check us out on all your socials, STP Shattered the Podcast.